Baby Friday. Fan Morning Show. Justin Ailish, Sports at 590. The fan. We got a perfect show lined up for you today. Do we? I think it's going to be great. I didn't know it was perfect. Well, everything's perfect. Every day is perfect. Okay. Today's going to be a good one. We got TJ Brody and his wife, Amber, in studio at 7 a.m. They're going to be yeah, chatting I- some burgers with us. Yeah, Big day if today. you're going to have a perfect show, there has to be at least one in-studio yeah, guest. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's qu- good for vibes, right? It's Burgers of Beat MS today and uh, a personal story for them. So they're going to come in and chat with us at 7 a.m., talk about this special day um, on the calendar and how we can all be a part of helping raise some money for MS to beat MS. And that's going to be at 7 a.m. we got Edge coming on. Edge at 7 <laughs> or 8.30. <laughs> Uh, Shai Davidi and Shane Ryan. Uh, it's going to be a Edge. great day. Edge. Uh, I don't think he's in studio. He'd be intimidating. <laughs> no, no, but that's like that is a candidate for in studio because he's oh, yeah. bombing around. He's, around. he's doing promotion. A I big, guess. big time. He's big stuff going on in Toronto. Yeah, celebrating a twentieth, twenty fifth, sorry, anniversary on SmackDown Friday night. A big special against Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Not really familiar with Sheamus. I don't think he's going to stand a chance. Can we bet on that? Can we bet on Edge this Friday night? Let's like find that would a way. be that would be the nuts, right? <laughs> yeah. Edge twenty fifth anniversary return to Toronto. I don't think Sheamus stands a chance personally. We'll chat with him at eight thirty. He's a fan favorite, big time Leafs fan as well. Um, he's got a new T shirt out in collaboration with the Leafs. Can take a look at that. Uh, but that will be very fun. Lots of good stuff to come um, today on the family. I, I thought for I thought for a little while there that that relationship might have hinged on Kyle Dubas because he's a big wrestling. I think guy. I think so as well. So I was like, oh, there it goes survived. all the goes all the wrestling. Uh, look at that Survivor Series. Uh, I didn't even mean to do that. I will. I'll own that one that I didn't mean it. Uh, no, I thought it, that was the connection, but I guess it, it runs deeper than that. So we'll find out about all that. Yeah, maybe Trey Living's a wrestling guy. Maybe he is. What what concert did you think you saw? I I still think the back there's of an eighty six percent chance that eighty six that Trey Living That's was strong. like four rows ahead of me with his daughters. It was the back of his head looked like what Trey show Living. was that again? It was Stevie Nicks. Was it Stevie Nicks? Like why would you not be there? It was like a week after he became GM. Floor seats. Remember my seats were baller. They were ten rows from were Stevie Nicks's face. No, I totally sniped those. They, you were you were doing what you were doing per, on the highway. Zero percent of those seats were mine. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I weaselled my way. Sometimes you have to be a weasel. So you, so you got weaselled your way to be close enough to maybe Treleving. Although I maintain, I think that yeah, guy had too much hair. Maybe he's been working a little Rogaine in there. Maybe I might have to work a little Rogaine soon. I know you just go to Turkey and get a hair transplant. I, All like, the I've fellows heard, are doing I've that. I've heard that. I remember like 10 years ago, I was like, I'll ne- like, just let it's nature take its course. on TikTok. And now I'm like, there's too many advancements in technology all around the world and in every facet of life. You could take a month off and come back and have luscious locks. I would, and- you would make fun of me endlessly, though. It'd be, I would look like an absolute... <laughs> the process is tough looking for the first couple weeks. I'd look like a creature. And it would be, it would be forever. I feel like, like I'd never get out of that. It's like a pet. You know when you used to grow those things? That's what your hair looks mm. like for the first little while. I also feel like I can't do anything without my with my hair without being mocked endlessly. Like if I did anything else, anyone, from me, I've literally never once spoken about your hair. I haven't changed my hair around you, but anyone else in my past, it's just like, what are you doing? What other type of hair did you have? Did you have a flow ever? I tr- I always wanted it, but couldn't. It uh, never worked. My hair you. just doesn't grow that way. It just gets like thick, not long. Like every sixteen-year-old junior. Yeah. C player that's, that's got I, that's the I wings under the hat. 
Everyone does like the, oh, yeah. You know, when I knew I wasn't a hockey player is when I, I played. the flow. No, that's what I was going to say. So I couldn't grow proper hockey hair. But everybody else was like, yeah, I played with John Tavares once and he schooled me. <laughs> like, that's when I knew. I'm like, no, you knew five to ten years before that. I knew when I couldn't grow the hair, though. Anyway, that you could do it. I wouldn't make fun of you. It's it, it would, Maybe it'd be a month of pain, but then the rest of your life you'd have. You'd is, have it, is it permanent? Has anybody what's, ever gotten this? What's a flight this? to Turkey looking like right now, just for this reason alone? People are doing this. I've, I've seen it online. It's a real it's a real trending topic. And what are they doing in Turkey that they can't do anywhere else? Uh, uh, probably a lot of different. <laughs> right now, you can go to Istanbul for 1400 bucks. I could book it for you. It's 14, a gift. 1400 for, it's not for bad. Steve. No, I'd have to make a holiday of that. Yeah, I'm sure there's like nice things to see there. It's 12 beautiful. days of travel, two of hair transplant. That's what people are Travel doing. Travel and transplant. And getting veneers. I'm that, not, to me, is creepy because they shave your teeth down. That, yeah. That, why does that... Is that, to, is that like a coloring thing? No, they, they shave your teeth down to these creepy little stubs, and then they give you a whole new set of teeth. Oh, really? Veneers, yeah. And they're like... They are like what I picture Ken... A Barbie doll, Ken's teeth to look like perfectly straight and glowingly. Yeah. There's not a, there's nothing unique no, about them. Fake, fake teeth is worse than fake hair. It's so obvious. Yeah, that no one's ever gotten away with fake teeth that you didn't know. And no, those are, it's, it's, it could not be more obvious. No one has teeth that look like what come out with fake teeth. Well, like, shout out doctors in got, Turkey. They, apparently they know what they're doing. They got to spread that knowledge around the world. Not everyone can, can fly to Turkey, but everyone needs hair. I think there's diff- different legal medical laws here are there i why hair transplants i think there's some different things going on there what is it like dangerous probably 99 percent effective rate or one percent there's probably some risks that they don't have the same laws here anyway someone listening yeah we that's need either it, i mean i'm not, about I'm not it. desperate i'm just like should i is there's like maintain maintenance there's preservation it's thinning a bit if you do it now hey if you do it now <laughs> can you like save yourself in the future Thinning a tiny bit, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know. It's a sign of maturity. I'm at, I'm at you got age. a beard. That's whatever. Actually, you did the thing with the chiropractor where it's like, you get up early, there's going to be some side effects. Yeah. And I was looking at that the other day and like, one of the side effects for men. Is it? Lack of sleep could be hair loss. Oh, no. It's not good. We should have taken a picture on your first day, just the back of your head. And then no, we shouldn't have. Two years later. <laughs> a time a time lapse of my hair. Well, there is a hair camera is right. There's I a need. camera right behind your head. If you've never seen our social clips, there's one that was on me and one on, on Justin, yeah. of course. But the one behind your head sometimes gets a glimpse of it's the top not, of your it's head. It's the worst place to put a camera. It's really about one inch above your head. Mm-hmm. And if you were to, you know, adjust in your seat a bit, it would catch the top of your head. Yeah, it's not good. I'm gonna go back and watch some clips. Nah. No, I said I wasn't gonna make fun of you. You're all good. See, it's most likely cheaper to do it in Turkey. Well, that's certainly a part of it. Someone text that in. It's definitely cheaper. Anyway. <laughs> that's the key. Like, I got to do it but when I can, like, still wear a hat to work, too. Like, if you just show up one day and you look completely different, oh, you're not getting away with that. Let's talk, I think you still got it some time. So. Okay, thank you. Don't get too, don't get despite, too nervous. Despite it. your claims. You know who was beautiful flow? Kevin Gosman. Unbelievable flow. He's got hockey player flow. No, can you trust that flow, though? Because why, why do you have long hair at this point? He's just a bro. Is it because like you're he's tatted you're, up you and he's got something at the back with the long no, hair? No, I don't think he is. I think, think he's, he's got probably got an immaculate flow. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and it he does. He looks like he's just pouring out of the hat when he's on the mound. It usually looks good. It wasn't as great last night. No, it wasn't performance wise. Uh, I think maybe Kikuchi's taken over the ace role now. We can 
confidently say that. Are you serious about that? <laughs> no, but I'm just, you know, it was a joke, but I'm like 10% serious about it. No, you can be more than 10%. <laughs> I, I think you want to be more than 10%. You can be more than 10%. I'm not. Who's the best starting pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays right, right now? Right now? It's you. It's, it's you, it's you Kikuchi, Kikuchi, let's, let's be honest. You know. I don't know why we're just like a little bit like, eh, hesitant about it. Eh. It's because of last year. It was because Kevin Gosman's a Cy Young and candidate. Kevin Gosman's probably still top three shortest yeah, odds in the Cy Young. I think he's still leading the, at least the AL East in strikeouts. Yeah, like, he does. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of tongue in cheek. Oh, you say I had a great performance. Thankfully, they don't have to make that decision in a one off. No. Because let's say if there's one game, which was what it was before. It's still, obviously, it's still Kevin Gosman. No, but if Kevin, because Kevin Gosman's sputtering here a little bit. And he, well, he didn't that, have that much is, help last that, night. No, but that's the, that's the truth of the matter is that he's sputtering just a little bit. He did have seven clean innings his last time out before last night against Cleveland. But, you know, three earned runs the night before or the mm-hmm. outing before. One, four, two, two, one, three, one. I mean, that's decent. Uh, but he's given up a lot of hits. He's not been his dominant self of late. And I still this, believe in him. <laughs> I still believe in him too, but I guess one of the one thing we were talking about when you were on vacation was like all this doesn't matter if Kevin Gosman isn't great, right? Because yes. he's going to get the ball on the first game of the wild card more more often than not, unless you say Kikuchi just has a one point one ERA until the end of time, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like despite it being maybe ten percent, it's more likely or than not going to be Kevin Gosman. And if he loses that game and you're forced to then make a decision between your next three and you also force the team to be kind of perfect if Kevin Gosman just doesn't have what we expect from him. And I I think right now, despite, you know, what he's built up over the course of the season in terms of strikeouts and in terms of war and in terms of, uh, you know, progress towards potentially getting a Cy Young, maybe not nod, but nomination, uh, is that he's fading just a little bit in this course of the season. And we need to see him dig in and find a way to have starts where seven runs aren't being scored against him. And mm-hmm. I know a couple of them were unearned, uh, but still, it was not a sharp night. He abandoned the splitter just a little bit. He relied maybe too heavily on the fastball or for whatever reason had to throw more fastballs than he normally would. It just wasn't a great Kevin Gosman start. And it's not like this is a complete outlier. He hasn't been great lately. And he's probably going to have to be pretty great or it's going to be a whole lot of bullpen and a whole lot of late game offense for a team that hasn't produced any offense at really any time with regularity. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Gosman early on in the season was shouldering so much of the workload. And I'm, I'm not concerned that that's, you know, a part of why the last seven starts haven't looked as prolific as it can be. But there was a stretch there where there was certainly some frustration when there was four starters and, and Alec Manoa was out and they're getting pushed a little longer and then Kevin Gosman got injured. And, you know, I, that's not last night's reasoning, but it is interesting about the splitter. Like, he, that's the Kevin Gosman specialty. He had the splitter jersey, the giveaway jersey. Like, this is Kevin Gosman. He went away from it a little bit last night. They did actually, uh, John Schneider did talk uh, post game about his splitter and his pitch selection, like nothing to be alarmed about, but we'll play that clip. Uh, here's John Schneider uh, post game. You know, it's such a good pitch. I think if it's carrying the zone a little bit, he can throw it whenever he wants because of the action to it. You know, if, even if they're sitting on it, it's still really hard to hit. And he had a really good fastball tonight. So that was kind of the, <clears throat> the cat and mouse game, if you will. But you know, he's, he's really good at kind of seeing what hitters are doing. And then it just depends on whether the split is carrying the zone or not. But um, he had a really good heater tonight, and I think that's why he used it. It's true. He was, he was he had at least a 98, I thought, at one point. Well, if I'm reading between the lines, the the, the heater might have been good, but the mm-hmm. splitter wasn't. Yeah. 
And that's and, all right. If Kevin Gosman is splitterless, splitterless down the stretch, it's it's an issue because mm-hmm. the splitter is what has made him mm-hmm. uh, go from, you know, maybe a failed top draft pick to someone who could win Cy Young's and make a lot of money and play, uh, you know, to take on the ace role for his third team in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Like that is the key to all of his success. And he didn't have it last night, at least it seems. I guess he had the fastball, but that's mm-hmm. telling you in a different way that he didn't have the splitter. And it's not going to work for Kevin Gosman without it. So it's a pretty important thing that uh, he rediscovers said splitter. Yeah, the margin of error has been, I think, pretty slim these last two games. I mean, the Phillies are no schlubs. Like, they were World Series team last... It's a really good lineup. I don't know how they're... Like, they're yeah. they're, they're firmly in They're in a card. similar spot with the Blue Jays, though. Like, the way that they're... Outlook looks, you know. I guess, but like, I, it's a different team to me. Well, I mean, look at Bryce Harper, two home runs last night. Yeah, you kind of forget and that they have JT these. JT Real Miltos hitting like these, seventh in the lineup. Yeah. Who's sitting seventh in the Blue Jays lineup right now? I, I mean, I, it's like probably Varsho. Probably was Varsho last night, but Biggio fifth. Like that lineup's better than the Blue Jays lineup. There's no question about that. And what's been holding the Blue Jays was their starting pitching. So last night, a little bit less of uh, the confidence spot. They didn't have the greatest pitching performance, but the error in the fifth inning by Espinal, that throw to Vladdy that was off changes the momentum. Like Blue Jays, you know, Blue Jays had a lead multiple times in this game. That happens. Um, I mean, it's just been a glaring difference in the infield and the outfield without Chapman, Bo, and your everyday players. Uh, Chapman got to get back here real quick because it's looking a little scary. Like this might be a look into next year. If you can't extend or continue a contract with Matt Chapman is Espinal the guy that you want to see there every day. Like I know this is one (laughs) error last night, but it's not, you know, the most high point of confidence I have when I see him out there running it in three consecutive games at third. Uh, 13 months ago, he was at an all-star game, right? 13 months ago, yep. Santiago Espinal, MLB All-Star. 13 months later, uh, I don't think he has any... Like, I cannot f- find one bit of utility for him with this team right now. Mm. Like, you got Paul DeYoung to play backup shortstop. I guess your backup third baseman is Santiago Espinal. He should be able to play some backup shortstop as well. You you decided that he couldn't for you. Uh, he's not giving you anything at the plate. He, in big spots, is throwing it in the dirt a little bit. And I think Vladdy should wear a little bit. I think, yeah. you know, it's officially an Espinal error. Like but a 70-30, how about that? Yeah, and I think that's fair. But at the end of the day, you got to make that throw. Like, we, mm-hmm. you just need him to come through in that spot. That is so costly. And when you're a guy that is only costing you, it seems like at this point, uh, yeah, you're. Uh, I'm running out of patience with Santiago Espinal. Yeah, so we had some positive news about some of the guys that actually got an opportunity to play down um, in Buffalo yesterday. Seems like Bo Bichette, barring something, will be back in the lineup probably for Friday. Um, he had his rehab assignment yesterday. Uh, looks like Chad Green, Trevor Richards also saw some time. Things are looking positive um but chapman uh, he's maybe a little bit behind but once bo Bichette comes back to this lineup it's going to feel so much better it's going to look like a dominant lineup maybe their best when everyone's back in this lineup they're going to look <laughs> maybe one of the best lineups we've seen in baseball in a long time for the blue jays so we're around the corner really you're going that far if you get Chad Green, Trevor Richards, Bo Bichette, oh, sorry, Matt Chapman, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah all, everybody back, obviously. When you said lineup, I was thinking offense. No, no, no. Once everybody's back in this lineup, and we're going to have Shai Davidi back on, and I've been hearing this more and more on our broadcast, on our radio network, the question of, like, is this the best starting rotation since 
blank. Mm-hmm. This is the best bullpen since blank. And we're hearing like in the Vladdy Bow era, which is, you know, pretty good. But I've even heard tricklings of, I don't know, maybe ever, like ever for Blue Jays players. Like I, I don't know the history of every single starting lineup in Blue Jays history, but this is looking really, really, uh, sorry, a starting rotation. But once they get everybody healthy, in the next week or two with all these guys that have been on the IL um, or injured has been, it's going to look like a completely different team. It's going to come at the right time. They need this. It's definitely coming at the right time. There's coming with a lot of winnable games. I mean, it feels like forever waiting for this, yeah. but but it does feel close as we were talking about yesterday. Uh, yeah. Great question for shy about, you know, where this bullpen mm-hmm. too specifically yeah. is historically, because so I, be we've good. been talking about, I can't remember a bullpen that at least on paper mm-hmm. has looked this good or has had this much uh, um, potential. But yeah, Chad Green, and we learned a little bit about what Chad Green's role might be for Martin Zwelling last night on the broadcast. He threw 30 pitches yesterday at AAA, and I guess that's a good indicator uh, because they want to use him as kind of this guy who bridges the gap from one inning to the next yeah. where he might have to throw 30 pitches, see about five, six, seven, maybe eight batters, uh, depending on what the situation is. So a guy that's going to soak up some pretty critical pre-leverage if you want mm. it's leverage but it's pre eight nine i guess and then you got hicks uh, and, and you got romano and then you got hicks and romano to turn it over too so i think a lot like we were doing this earlier in the year it's like oh if chad green comes back it's a luxury right it yeah. feels like they're fully depending on chad green uh coming up and playing a pretty sizable role for this team despite the talent already at the back end of their bullpen um, it, it maybe it felt overly optimistic or it, or it would have felt overly optimistic three months ago if we knew maybe what we know now. Uh, but Chad Green, maybe that's why they're being patient with him because it's like, hey, this is pretty important. We got to be sure. We got to be careful with this ramp up process. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to see him against Cincinnati this weekend, but we're going to see him soon, it seems, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the Heineman throw, his uh, ramp-up process is nearing completion. So another off day for the Blue Jays today. Uh, they're spoiled right now. A lot of off days when it matters to get some guys back in the lineup. Uh, they're at the Reds uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Another off day Monday, and then they start a three-game set against the Baltimore Orioles. So, uh, you know, hoping that you target next Tuesday as... 95% healthy lineup, and that would look pretty damn good against a team uh, that would be nice to get some wins against. And then you got Cleveland um, in the distance as well. So the injury bug hopefully turning here. But if, let's say, Bo comes back Friday, which is seemingly a confident thing to look forward to, they'll finish 8-7 and seven without him on the stretch. I mean, and, and it was 9-8 and eight after the 17-17. Yeah. and 17, So it's like they're they're not... Everything's fine, I guess. It's yeah. like it's it's treading water is exactly what it is. And I guess if you treaded water through a difficult portion of the schedule without, without your, your best, best player, player, it's good. Mm-hmm. But if I don't know what the winning percentage is on eight of fifteen, it's slightly over five hundred, obviously. Uh, but I don't know if slightly over five hundred is going to get it done. Despite you know the Mariners having some issues, apparently they can't hold a lead because their bullpen's awful. Yeah. By the way, a reminder, first five, we got to bet the Mariners, first five innings. Um, apparently, you know, I, I just despite all that, the Mariners are still going to win ball games. It's still going to be very, very competitive in the race down the stretch, and I'm not sure slightly better than 500 is going to get it done. This team's going to have to win some ball games here. They've got winnable ball games coming up, and the end-of-season schedule is not looking as bad mm-hmm. as we initially thought. Like, it's you'd rather Tampa and New York than the Orioles and the Red Sox at this point, I think, if it has to be inside the division, if it has to be two teams uh, that, I guess, are considered plus or were considered plus when we were really sizing up the schedule. 
But the Tampa Bay Rays could be absolutely going through it soon. Their pitching injuries are awful. Obviously, the Wander Franco mm-hmm. situation is a massive thing. And it looks like the New York Yankees are coming completely undone. So maybe that the end of season is the best time to get the Yankees. A great time to change the narrative that you can't beat AL East teams. You wrap up your season with some different winnable games that maybe when we set up the schedule, I remember when we were previewing the season and I looked and it was like the last 17 games or something are Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, Orioles. It was just, oh God, this team's going to need to really dial it in. But some of those teams... I have, think it's Yankees, Rays, Yankees, Rays. In yeah, terms it's of pretty like crazy. Where like, it ends. It's just back to back to back, all AL East, and that's a new thing, uh, which is nice. Yeah, Rays, Yankees, and uh, some Rangers in there too, and Red Sox. So they, no, there's a Red Sox. Yeah, there's okay. a Red Sox. So the, I, I mean, the, when I'm looking at it, the most difficult series, yeah, the Orioles this mm-hmm. upcoming week... Is an important one, but that four-game set against Texas at home mm-hmm. in the middle, like right before the Red Sox as well. I mean, that's that's yeah. going to be a big challenge. And yeah, they do close Yankees, Rays, Yankees, mm-hmm. Rays, and those teams could be in not the greatest spot. So maybe you can capitalize. Um, anywho, it's uh, it's looking like things are going to turn for the best. Hopefully, injury-wise, because Blue Jays need it. Um, they need Bobichet back to. 80% Bobochet because his lineup will look a lot better. Um, Kevin Biggio. Mm-hmm. We kind of quite... Firm, firmly cemented as the number five hitter in the Blue Jays lineup. Well, yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, you can't, you know, he's like a bug you just can't squash, you know, but... I don't want to squash Kevin. No, but this is what I was going to say. I'm team Kevin right now. He, in his last 30 games, he's been pretty damn good and I don't he know if been. he's just flown under the radar because we're talking a lot about Vladdy, we're talking a lot about Bo, and we're talking a lot about our starting pitching. But Kevin Biggio deserves a lot more flowers for what we've been giving him. Um, man, he's just, he's been pretty consistent in his foot. Obviously, we know we joked around about it on Tuesday with the hit by pitch to help win the game. But other than that, he's actually been a pretty good, consistent guy in this lineup. And I think it's time to give him a little bit of praise. And I think maybe he just gets <clears throat> like, he's just an easy guy to pick on once in a while because it seems like, I don't know, the management, the and the coaching staff has like loved Kevin Biggio forever and maybe not like justifiably. And it's been like well, we Kevin gotta... Biggio can never like leave this team. He's always Kevin Biggio. And, but you know, I'll give him a little bit of pause and say he's been pretty good. Lately. On that note, we got a, a note from or a tweet or an X, a Z, whatever it is, uh, from Keegan Matheson mm-hmm. last night in late April. This when Kevin Biggio was really struggling. John Schneider pulled him aside in Houston and told him, dude. <laughs> I'm never going to give up on you. No one is. Uh, I don't know how he pulled that quote, how he got that exact quote, how he got the dude included in that quote. I'm not sure how that went dude. down. Maybe he just overheard a conversation, uh, but that mm-hmm. feels like it's ultimately true. I don't think there's a lie there. John yeah. Schneider's definitely had Kevin Biggio's back. And I think it's like w- w- what the context is. Like if you're t- if you're expecting Kevin Biggio to be a part of the former major leaguer son collection with Bo and Vlad and, and hold him to that standard. Well, you shouldn't be because he's not that guy. But if we're talking about utility guys, mm-hmm. guys who are going to play smaller roles, guys who can do a variety of roles, guys that are in the depths of your 23 man, whatever, uh, uh, whatever the lineup is going to be at whatever time. Like I compare him to Santiago Espinal and I see so much more value in a guy like Kevin Biggio yep. and compared to Paul DeYoung. And compared to David Schneider. Just just don't even bring that guy up. Like, Kevin Biggio finds ways to, despite a poor average, despite not slashing what you'd want from an everyday guy, Mm -hmm. uh, fifth hitter, no less, 
uh, he finds a way to help you win ball games every now and then. Yep. He did it the other night. He did it with that double play uh, about a week ago, 10 mm-hmm. days ago. I mean, he has moments, and he's had moments over the last couple months here where he's proven that he should have a roster spot and that manager John Schneider should never give up on him. No, never. Uh, Paul DeYoung, uh, three for 42 start with the Blue Jays, zero walks, 17 strikeouts. Kevin Biggio in the last 30 games, uh, 13 RBIs. He's at an 841 OPS. Scored 17 runs and batting 297. I mean, that's more than what you would expect for a guy in that part of your lineup. Somebody just texted in saying he's won us more games than Vladdy since Bo's been out. 100%. Yep. 100%. And we'll just give him a give him a little moment. Everyone should have a Kevin Bijou in their life, right? Yeah. Someone that just... And maybe Davis, someone they believe in. David Schneider came in here and maybe lit a fire under Kevin Bijou's ass because he's like, this guy's coming in and he's batting number one. And he's been the talk of the town, and I need to pick it up. Yeah, maybe. That's glamorizing it a bit, but hey, sometimes you need a little competition, friendly competition within your roster. Tell you what, there was potential for a movie with David Schneider, but that's cooled a little bit. Yeah. Netflix Netflix was just typing out a contract (laughs) to follow the Blue Jays and David Schneider around. David David Ayer's agent is frantically making phone calls trying to try to get in touch with David Schneider. One of the biggest applause last night was when David Schneider got an at-bat. Oh, yeah. Wasn't much else. No, there there hasn't been much else. Anyway, so Blue Jays off tonight, uh, which is perfect because I'm going to Chris Stapleton concert and I don't have to... There you go. I don't have to stream with Rogers Ignite. I can just... Enjoy my guy, Chris Stapleton, back-to-back nights. I know we gave tickets out to that, so if you're going, say Are hi. you going back-to-back? No, no, no. He's back-to-back here. He's back-to-back. But what a night You're doing first or second show? I'm going tonight. First show. I don't know what the... First show. Sorry, first show. Nobody plays on a Wednesday, Thursday. I didn't know that. Sorry, Thursday, Friday. Sorry, I'm not Chris Mr. Stapleton. Concert goer. You are definitely not there's Mr. A, Concert there's a, there's a show every night at Bud's stage. There really is. it seems like. Yeah, and... That's why Stapleton's you, too good for a Wednesday. Is that what you're he saying? He is too good for a Wednesday. Okay, hundred percent. He's a Thursday Friday guy. Maybe a Saturday. Sorry to our Wednesday performers. Well, no, it's uh, so I'm glad it's just good, good scheduling. I thought way way ahead. So. That is perfect. Um, want to talk some Michael Bunting? Sure. Uh, okay, so our guy, <laughs> don't, don't sound so excited. No, no, no. I just uh, you know, it's he's like you can't you can't get rid of him in the in the back of your mind too. You know? No, you can't. I mean, like, He's just, a, just because you've signed with another team, it's doesn't mean you're done. It's still a content opportunity. So JD Bunkus, his podcast, uh, he yesterday. So he's on after us. You probably you might have caught it if you listen to our eight thirty block and then lead into JD. But the JD Bunkus podcast had Michael Bunting on yesterday. Um, obviously, he left uh, for the Hurricanes and free agency, and we didn't really hear much down the stretch about Michael Bunting's situation with the Maple Leafs or what was on the table. And then obviously, there's a new general manager and. Kind of just got swept away, and we hadn't heard from Michael Bunting publicly from anyone, uh, anyone getting an opportunity to chat with him. So uh, Bunkus and Bunting that's chatted. The, that's quite the tandem. The double Bs uh, got a chat yesterday. Um, let's play the Bunting audio clip first, and then we can react. It was just uh, just quick talks, not nothing, uh, nothing uh, extensive. Not much went on during the season. Um, I think our our main goal was, you know, to you know make the playoffs and and contend for the Stanley Cup so the season flies by um, pretty fast so I, I it wasn't a lot of uh, contract uh, talk went on went on during the season and then kind of uh, once the you know the offseason came along and, and whatnot and 
uh, didn't really hear much, and then it just kind of you kind of just figured that um, it wasn't going to work out. So that's where I when I started transitioning to free agency and, and focusing on that because obviously I wanted to make sure I was in in, uh, in a good spot leading up to free agency, and and I'm really happy of how how it ended up uh, with with Carolina. So, I mean, obviously, uh, Michael Bunting's going on a show like JD's show and telling you what he's comfortable telling you, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. That's obviously step one here. Uh, But it is interesting that I guess, and he claims that a contract never really was tabled in his direction. I mean, if, if if we're going back 11 months, 10 months... There was talk of eight years for Michael Bunting. We talked about that on this show. A lot. And those things snowball, and maybe they take on a life form of their own, and we say it, and we joke around about it, and we're like, good thing he didn't have eight years when he's going, like, and maybe it's more than it really was, but there's different pieces here. Like, did they they talk about it last summer? Did it actually go quiet with Mm -hmm. Kyle Dubas? Did his performance change the way Dubas thought of things or did Michael Bunting just say, Hey, I'm not doing anything right now. Like we're just playing the season. Like True. he kind of, like he kind of talks about it. And of course, then there's a change at the general manager position and Brad Living comes in. And that's what that clip started with. There was only like preliminary, not, not even preliminary, just like chatter. Just he like said it whatever. was quick how, talks, how you nothing doing? extensive. Yeah. Quick talks, nothing extensive. That's uh, good to not paraphrase or to make <laughs> up stories. Um, so like that makes sense though, because a new guy's coming in and he's putting his stamp on it. And I guess another part of this thing is that, you know, our guy Frank Cervelli had him making the most money and that yep. stuff does permeate it sure does. the minds of general managers and organizations. So I could see Trey Living showing up being like, I, I mean, I can't, I can't even hang in this ballpark. So go <laughs> do what you got to do. But I don't know. And I don't think we'll ever really know if Dubas would have worked to get him back. If Trey Living would have wanted him back, if the price was if smaller and what was actually talked about, you know, 11 months ago or 10 months ago when we heard the rumblings about eight years. But I guess if Bunting wanted to be a Leaf, maybe there was a missed opportunity. Maybe there was Mm. no opportunity. But in the end, and as he talks about, he talks about being said about Carolina as he should. uh, He said that one of his most important things was winning. And of course, he's going to get a chance to do that in Carolina. And he made a decent sum of money. But last year was a roller coaster for Bunting. It started off with like, hey, can you are you can a for, you do this are you again? a forever leaf? Yeah. No, it, it was are you a forever mm-hmm. leaf with eight with eight years because you made the 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 decision to take less money to come here. And in he the does first say place. that in JD's interview and he, too. And he's like, he said no he had more money that. on that the table great. elsewhere, and he wanted to play for leaf. So that's great to hear. And I guess he knew there was opportunity to put up a lot of points with some really good players because they kind of alluded to that. Uh, but where all this traveled, like maybe there was some consequence to everything that happened last season with the beefing with the refs, if you want to call it that, you know, the issues with Sheldon Keefe, if you think there were issues with Sheldon Mm -hmm. Keefe, it was drama filled with bunting last year. And I kind of soured on it. I think it's a good thing that they're not spending a lot of money on him because I don't know where it was going to go. But you know, it's, it's interesting to hear some of the anecdotes that we got from bunting yesterday, because last year wasn't just like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is a nice player that we hope to retain. It was, uh, very drama filled. Yeah, you can check the whole interview out on JD Bunkus podcast. It was yesterday um, in his uh, nine o'clock hour. But I, I mean, I'm not really that surprised. I think when I heard this because the shine really wore off, and maybe it's because we're always looking for something in, as Leaf fans and covering the Leafs that is a reason of passion, and maybe sometimes it's a negative passion. And it's like Michael Bunting. The shine, when I say shine wore off, 
the ref frustration became a talking point for everybody. It became the thing to circle in a game. Oh, well, if, you know, Bunting's getting out of character, he's he's distracting. Like, we've definitely leaned into a lot of that. He gets suspended for three games. Like, it's not a great way to bookend. In the playoffs, yeah. In the playoffs. Like, if you're talking about extensions of conversations, it's a lasting bitter taste that you guys suspended for three games in the playoffs. The Leafs don't, you know, ultimately make it very far in the playoffs. Certainly distractions. We talked about, are you going to put them back in the lineup? Do they change a winning lineup? Like it just became a lot about Michael Bunting and not always in positive conversation. And he wasn't as productive. And there were some low moments in the season where he was a fourth liner and there was frustration. So I'm not really that surprised that there weren't conversations. And obviously, as you mentioned, like this is one person's perspective. Like there might've been more conversation, but you know, kind of felt like it had run its course. I think they did a great job at adding Michael Bunting-esque snot to this lining lineup mm-hmm. that, I mean, I'm really happy to have Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi versus Michael Bunting. Like, well, if it, I had to choose, I'm happy with those two versus Michael Bunting 10 times over. If they're snot, he sniffles, right? Like, oh, there was... Wow. It, <laughs> you always stop me in my tracks if I come up with that. Well, that was just really good. Okay, so, like, so that, we got but, a big upgrade. But that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. yeah, these guys are a little bit more. The guys they brought in, in particular, Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, are a little bit more of what Michael Bunting, you know, if Michael Bunting started down that path mm-hmm. or further down that path, they have the snot. That's exactly what it is. And Michael Bunting, despite his effectiveness, despite his ability to score goals, put up points, and be an agitator, there were some things in that agitator role, that agitator slash scorer role that he left to be desired. And frankly, I, I, I'm not surprised that Brad Living wasn't that interested Yeah, in the end. I, and I, I don't really know. I haven't looked too deep into what his lineup role will be for the Carolina Hurricanes, but they have a lot of talent. Like, I don't think he'll be a top line player like he had been flirting with with the Maple Leafs. I think he will be a little bit... Lower than it, It's think? just because he's kind of that guy who's malleable, right? Like, you can kind of throw him anywhere. Maybe. I'd have to look at their depth chart. But they got six better forwards. I know oh, that yeah. in Carolina. Yeah. It's just like, you know, is one of them playing in a checking role or whatever? I don't know. I just don't think he's a great bottom six forward. And you pay him like a top six forward yeah. if you're Carolina right now. So, I will see how it shakes down. But in terms of level of importance... It's probably less than it was in Toronto in Carolina, just because it is more of a deep mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. It's a team that got Aho under, what was it, $9 million? Yep. Or just under $10 million? I think under Anyway, 10. something that you'd like if you're uh, a Maple Leaf to see one of your stars sign for under $10 million oh, for no. eight years. Eight, four, eight, four? Is That's that... his current deal. I think it bumped up like oh. almost a million dollars yeah. or something like that. Anyway. Nine, seven, five. Is it nine, seven, five? So yeah. that's it's still pretty good. I mean, that's what you want to see from... Like, uh, it might be a little much for Nylander, but not enough for Matthews. Anyway, Sebastian Ajo mm-hmm. is a great player who took a little bit less and helped set the standard there. And Bunting's making good money in Carolina, but a lot of people are making pretty good money in Carolina yeah. because they've it's set up be their team. cap accordingly. It's going to be a good team. And he wants to win, and I think they have a certainly a good chance at, at making a, a run for it this year. So uh, that's the Michael Bunting update. <laughs> For your August 17th. It's a good interview. It's it, worth, was, it, it was worth, a great interview. Definitely worth uh, checking out. And it's not always that you get to talk to um, like a former Leaf that wants to actually give you some information too and not just like, well, yeah, the boys are buzzing, you know, something's yeah, good. A, a little bit more honest than you'd yeah, expect. Yeah, I respect that because it's sometimes it's hard to, to get much um, from players. So good for him and best of luck in Carolina. I'm sure when he comes back to play the Maple Leafs, probably score on the first night because that's always how it works. That is. Or I put my future bets on that. And Carolina is one of those teams that kind of torments the Maple Leafs. Yes. 
They're just one of those. He might teams. torment us for a couple of years to come. He, he may just. Uh, you had beef about NHL or NFL headlines. Like, what's, what's yeah? Going so, on there? so yesterday we're you know obviously this is kind of dog days of summer. We're looking for what's trending. You know, what can we talk about besides Kevin Biggio? Um, and I'm like, oh, I mean, well, that's, that's top of the list. Oh yeah, top I of mean, the heat right now. you have three hour show though, so I'm like, okay, what other things are going on? Like, you know, we were golfing all day yesterday, so we weren't online all day. So I sit down and. I'm like, okay, let's go to the NFL storylines. And every single storyline that I tried to, like every article, NFL training camps was a fight at this training camp, a fight at this training camp, a brawl at this training camp, a brawl between two teams in a scrimmage. And this guy punched this guy in the face. This guy got carted off. This coach is upset. It was all, I'm just like, why or why, why? I don't really understand. I I do understand it. How about that? I do get it because you're trying to maybe make an impact, a name for yourself, whatever, but. It's just like there's a fight every day at every single training camp in NFL. It's dog days. It is just brawl city. I don't know. I just it kind well, of bugged me. Was it never, uh, you know, really heated competition at Dartmouth camps, at TMU camps? Nothing in that I, in that vein? Definitely not. Like You and Laura never threw down? No. When someone messed up a drill? No, I was mostly like. Good, good, you're so good. <laughs> but do you not notice that? And like, do you not see that when you're trying to get information about NFL training camps? It's like this guy has a good right hook. I'm like, is, 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 can he catch a ball? Yeah, I guess so. I, I kind of gloss over though. Like it's one of those ones that I, I guess I feel the same way because I just don't pay any mind yeah. to it. It happens though. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's hot. They're working hard. It's a grind. You're in each other's faces. It usually becomes between a, a wide receiver and a defensive back yes. to have their hands on each yes. other like all day for like an hour and they're pushing and shoving. Frankly, I'm uh, that's what, something I marvel about in sports is like how there aren't more fights. How guys that aren't like constantly in each other's faces well, there's like in the one NFL, year constantly in, an NHL. in each other's faces. Well, the NHL, there are fights because no, they I mean, allow in fighting. preseason. Like, there's only, like, one ever like, Oh, you tussle. mean infighting. I mean, yeah. just, like, in general. Oh. And when, especially when you have training camps that are, like, hybrid and, like, mm -hmm. the Commanders and Dallas Cowboys. I guess they wouldn't do that because they're in the division. Mm -hmm. But two teams that don't associate with each other are practicing together and going at it. It's like, yeah. If they're, they're trying so hard to impress someone, they're <laughs> being overly physical. You don't want to get, like... Uh, you know, you don't want to get alphaed by someone who's <laughs> in the same spot as you where they're fighting for something. Like, yeah, when people are desperate, mm -hmm. I guess that's what you get. But just in general, I don't know how there aren't more fights across all sport. Like, it is so highly competitive, as we know. And you're just, especially in basketball, just bumping into each other all the time. Like, True. It's just like, I think basketball probably has the least amount of fights. They do, I would say. Basketball, then baseball, then hockey. Then, no, then football, then hockey. If you want to count soccer, I don't know where it, oh, it, no. there's not many, no. but like even that too, because they're like you'd be stretchered off if somebody punched you in soccer. Like well, you're you're a soccer aider, right? No, but come on, be honest. If somebody elbowed you, you're stretchered it can off. Be a little bit more dramatic. If that. somebody punched somebody in soccer, they would be stretchered off. Not everyone. Yes, it's a blanket statement for everyone. There's some tough guys playing soccer. Come on, name two. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I get, but you don't see their toughness on display at all times. Anyway, but no, I, uh, I just Tiago Silva. Okay, I'm just gonna take your, I'm just take your word for it because I don't know. Um, okay, well, I don't know. I just thought that bugged me. Well, not bugged me. Just it was an, a, a point of you want real information. I want to know what's going on, not just the, this guy fought this guy. 
but we're in that time. We're definitely in that time. It feels like a it feels like a hard knocks content play though. Yeah, where it just comes up. It's like, yeah. oh, we need something. Can we can we convince Jalen Ramsey to take yeah. a swipe at this receiver? Yeah, and he's the one that's you know a little bit more combustible. So we're definitely going to get a fight. There you go. You know, actually, I have one more theory on why they do it. Stop working out after that. That's you got to you got to break it up. I mean, yeah. we're, you get we're, a break. We're we're an hour forty five into a it workout. It is such a grind, though. NFL training camps. Yeah, it's hot. Is insane. Yeah, and they've been working forever, and it's like, I don't want to do this anymore, so let's just fight for 10 minutes. I was watching NFL Network, and they had Charles Davis on, of course. I think I sent you a photo. of it was in, I, was I feel in like PEI. that's the reason why you know about all these fights, because you're going back to the NFL Network yeah, well, looking I'm, for Charles. I'm curious. And he was just sweating buckets. Like they was were, he? They uh. were so sweaty, and I, I think it was in Atlanta. I don't, or no, they were doing it in Florida somewhere, but it's just like these guys in their pads, out on the field, like... Just running drills, running Is he stadiums. A suit? Uh, no polo, nice polo. Okay. Everyone in the NFL now had nice polos on. Yeah, I mean, suits would be no, it's not, not even fair. Um, but it's just it, that's probably the worst training camp. At least hockey, you're in a you know confined area, and then you go in the gym, which is confined and it's air conditioned. But NFL training camp would probably be. I don't think I'd survive two hours. Well, that's the biggest plus of playing hockey, covering hockey, oh, yeah. working in hockey. You're, like you're never in the, the weather. in the middle of the field sweating no. like a pig because <laughs> you're just that's you know, there's no avoiding it. You're in a rink where it's comfortable. You get to wear a nice cozy sweater, maybe nice. a jacket. It's great. Soccer, you can you can fare the elements here and there. I mean, basketball, same mm-hmm. thing. Basketball's good. I feel like basketball training camp. All they do is just like run suicides, like run shuttles, shoot the ball. Yeah, it's there, it's probably a lot of shooting, mm-hmm. a lot of the OVO scoreboard. Raptors better be working on that. Actually, you know, I was thinking the other day, I was Pascal keeps popping up on my timeline. He's just like fully in vacation posting content. Have you mm. seen his Instagram lately? No. It's Where's he at? yesterday he was uh doing this like photo shoot with Red Bull and he was in a helicopter and he was like, you know, doing like a whole shoot there. His next post is him on vacation. The next post is him in like a beautiful uh I think it's like a Lamborghini or a Porsche. Like he's just he's like living the dream and yeah. I mean get working that let's get going. Like everyone lives the dream in their own context. Pascal, helicopters, vacations, you Quality round at yeah, Osprey had a good, yesterday. Had a good game yesterday. Osprey Valley is perfect. That was really nice. It was a beautiful course. It is. We had a good it time. It is quite beautiful. Yeah, we played the hoot. It was a hoot. Um, stunning day. It was like 26 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, direct sun all day. Definitely draining. <laughs> After yeah, I think a no I drank nap like day. Six water bottles. Yeah, it was a no nap day. Like by the time we got home, I didn't get home until the first pitch of the Blue Jays game. Mm. And we had been up since four. And I, I mean, it doesn't. It's a nice day. I understand it's not the like strenuous work, but we did our shift and then we went. And played, You're allowed to be tired. Played a whole round four and a half hours in the direct sun, and then drove home an hour forty five in traffic. Me, mm-hmm. I was so grumpy, and I hadn't eaten really? anything. Really, your emotion changed. I mean, oh, you were on top of the world oh, when you left the course. I was sitting on the gardener, like, why? What's going on here? But I was stuck in people driving into Toronto for the Blue Jays game. The CNE is starting up and there's like closures and I live right there. So there's no, there was road closures and there's an accident. Anyway, an hour 45, it was grumpy, no nap. But you powered through. But it was a beautiful round. The best part was my chip in on 18. Mm -hmm. Like what a way to finish the round. Chip it in on 18, grab your ball, walk off into the sunset. 
That's what keeps you coming back. That's uh, You're pretty happy about that. Well, I've really never done that before. No? Chipped in from the rough, right in. Just what a way to, to fit that short, last shot games, of it. Last your short game's improving. I, I'm uh, it's, coming. It's, it's good because you're, for you. you're still hitting it comfortably 240 off the tee. Oh, you're, in a, God. you're in a good My spot. Tee, the, the driver was dialed once again. Uh, you beat me yesterday. I w- it would have been tight, but I was nine over uh, on had, my last three holes. Like it was an absolute disaster. Yeah. I did, though. You win You win the war. I win the battle. Another birdie. Two nothing yep. and tweet tweet. That's good. I'm proud I'm of just you. A, just, that's all I got. We're, we're mid, golfing mid, with our mid friend. Mid-90s scores and one birdie that's every right. four rounds. We're golfing with our friend Eric, and he just, like, casually has an eagle putt while we're just not even paying attention. We're, like, talking about. No, we're, we're in the bush finding balls, yeah. and he's lining up an eagle putt and, he and hits nails it. it. He's like, oh, yeah, it was eagle. What? So that's the dream one. Casual Eagle is is the dream. Casual Eagle. Um, okay, before we get TJ and Amber Brody in studio here to talk about uh, Burgers to Beat MS Day, which will be at 7 a.m., we're going to do an A-list featuring, I don't know, you're kind of torn on if you like Orioles announcer Kevin Brown or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if it. I'm going to turn on Kevin Brown. You we'll might. Okay, that's I might after have to break. listen to the audio. That's after the break on the A-list. Sportsnet 590. 590. The Fan. Now, it's time for hey, the A-List. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Stop, baby. Okay, we're not far removed from uh, Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown being, I don't know, half-fired. Not sure how to explain that, but... Uh, half-fired is pretty good. Yeah, he was half-fired. I think he was half-fired. Yeah, and then brought back because there was free Kevin Brown chance. The world was all with him because all he did was say the Orioles were not... Anyway, he was just honest and not rude at all. Anyway, we don't need to get into that because everyone, we've played it already. He Um, relayed some stats. He relayed stats that were on a board on the television. Nonetheless, he's now, you know, everything he says is getting some airtime. Yesterday, he is broadcasting the Orioles game, which I believe they were down... Seven or ten nothing, or yeah, ten nothing during this time. Appeared to be a struggle. So not much going on. Um, but he, they get into a little tangent here, and this has caught a lot of excitement online. But mm. Justin might not feel the same way. So no, let, let's, let's hear. Let's first. play the clip. Here's Kevin Brown. Don't don't tell me you don't know Blink One Eighty Two. I'll be honest, never heard of Blink One Eighty Two. Are you kidding me? Sounds like a fighter jet to me. Let's get out of here. You don't know Blink One Eighty Two? I probably know the song. Yeah. All the small things? No? Sing it for me. All I might reckon. Small things. Oh, okay, don't sing it anymore. <laughs> Say it ain't so. Tom DeLong is in a lot of Padres games. Big fan. Tom has this like very distinct nasally voice. You know? So he goes, Where are you? And I'm so sorry. Now I recognize <laughs> you. It. Do. You do, you yeah, got you it sound now. just Thank like you. Him. Yeah. yeah, about time. There you go. I think it's I think it's fun. He there what else are you gonna do? It's ten nothing. He's he's doing you know, he's doing what a guy who doesn't have any issues is doing. Oh, he's free ten. bird now. And that's kind of what my thing is like what happens if you survive a near death experience? Like d- does it? I don't know. D- does it like straighten you out a little bit, no, or, you just, or you're like living on free time? All of a sudden, are you liberated and you just <laughs> you know you're it's suddenly it's a comedy routine? I mean, mm-hmm. he survived a near death experience, and it seems like he's going the latter route, where now he he's liberated, he can do and say whatever he wants. Okay, but not knowing Blink One Eight Two is 
Like if you I'm, said, I'm not, I'm not sure who his color guy was, but if you said that you didn't know who Blink One Eighty Two was, I would certainly get into song as well. You would sing it, and you have sung that all morning. I don't. I'm not sure if you're going to do it on the air, but where uh, are you? Where are you? <laughs> there you go. It's a great song. That was I'm, good. I'm all for Blink One Eighty Two at any time. Yeah, well, I'm glad. That's going to be stuck in everyone's head today, so apologize Definitely for that. Is. Apologize Kevin for that. Brown. Kevin Brown and his uh, color. McDonald, I believe, is his last name. Anywho, um, one more for you before we take a break. Little League World Series is going on. I love the Little League World Series. It's just, there's little cuties, little nuggets. Um, but they put up, if you if you forget, they'll put up the guy's name, the little kid. He's like 11 years old. And then they'll write... A little fun yeah. stat or fact about fun them. Fact. Here's a couple from uh, last night's game. Brody Jackson, 11 years old, 4'11", third baseman. Dream job, chicken nugget taste tester. That's, yeah. <laughs> I could get on board How with that. How old was he? 11. That's, yeah, that sounds about right for an 11-year-old. Um, here's Leo Randazzo, another third baseman. Good handle. Bats nine in the lineup. Looks at memes before games for good luck. Sounds like a vibes guy. Yeah, he looks like a vibes Nine guy. Nine hitter, though. I mean, just like just like Kevin Biggio, you can help. You can find a way to win a ball game. This one's pretty good. Twelve-year-old um, Blake Money. This is his real name. Okay. Five ten. He's five ten. He's twelve years old. What? That's tall. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm looking up to Blake Money. His I don't name feel, is Blake I don't feel good about that. Money. And so they show Blake Money, and his little stat is has three siblings: Morgan, Logan, and Cash. And then oh, they this show was this. They've played in the Little League World Series. Before. So they show his younger brother in the stands called Cash Money, and he's got dollar sign glasses on. What sort of? I mean, I don't know if his real name's Cash, but what sort of yeah. future are you giving your kid if you it's name tough. him Cash Money? It's tough. Like he, you're asking for trouble. You're uh, asking for trouble. Here's 13 year old Colby Cover, five one. Oh, didn't get the jeans there. Favorite website: www.google.com. <laughs> I don't know if that's satirical or or just a, a real answer. And either way, it, either way, it works. Presley Smith, he was zero and two at, at this at bat, left fielder. Hobby talking to girls. Who's that? Presley. Presley. At a boy. At a boy. Anyway, they're so cute. I don't know what my fun one would be. Just I don't know. Just dig up your uh, hockey card from when you were. No, I know 12. what mine said. I said I wanted to be on the women's Olympic team or a professional rock climber, and I have no idea. I've never no. climbed a rock in my life. I don't know why I wrote that. I don't know if I did write that. My parents, it also said hobbies, bodybuilding. That's, yeah. I can show you this. I was six I know, I years old. Told us, yeah, I have the card. I'll bring it in one day, and you can okay. look at it anyway. All right, TJ and Amber Brody are going to join us after the break in studio. We real real people guests um, on behalf of A and W Canada celebrating the fifteenth annual Burgers to Beat MS Day. Uh, we'll go through the personal story and the connection uh, for them and talk about how our listeners can help. All that's next.